All right, let's do it. Let's We've done it. We've been doing it the whole time. No, We've been bitch. doing it the whole time. We need, need a dress rehearsal. We need to clink our glass on the microphone and then we say go. the words. Let's okay. go. Okay, do we have to clink? Okay, I got it. Yeah. All right, ready? Yeah, that worked. <laughs> we did it. Welcome to Science Under the Influence. Uh, we are your intrepidly intoxicated hosts. My name's Henry and I'm joined as always with... Mitch. Mitch. And our special guest for this month, the wonderful Caitlin. Hello, Caitlin. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well. And how are you going throughout these COVID times? Oh, uh, it's it's been fine. My, uh, we were just talking about our weird, uh, weird pandemic um, hobbies. Mm-hmm. My weird pandemic ho- hobby is depression. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> do you want? Uh, do you? And that that segues nicely. Do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so for the last five years, <laughs> um, for the last five years, I've actually been a science communicator, a communicator of the sciences. Um, Yeah, but apart from that, I also uh, managed to maintain good enough grades to get a degree in anthropology. How good! My my area of expertise. Um, Yeah, so that's that's kind of what you need to know about me. I also do a little bit of art on the side, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, we might might talk about later. we actually love, had, love science. Yeah, we actually had you on as part of our workshop sessions to get yeah. this show on the ground, and that was fun. Um, what 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 was the score in that one again? Something about you winning at the end of it. Oh yeah, I actually won that one. Yeah, you won a lot. I did you win won, that you won one by yeah. a lot. So what, what, yeah. I, what I gathered from your story there is that uh, science communication leads to depression. Um, <laughs> no, it's not a correl- no, correlation. Doesn't equal causation. No. You should know this. Oh, I should. Damn. I've got that written down somewhere. Hang on. Oh no. <laughs> That's fine. I found it. There it is. Awesome. I think we should properly get this bad boy on the road. On the road. All right. Here we go. Whenever you're ready. Section one. Section one. Is it round one? Round one. Round, round one. one. Whatever you want round it to be, one. Mitch. What's the Just the headline. One. <laughs> Section one. So, here we go, going clockwise, which is really hard on Zoom. Each contestant offers three headlines at a time from the last year in science. So, they've got to be word for word accurate or entirely false. None of this swapping a few words out business. And the person providing a headline can choose to elaborate a little further if they want to. But the idea is that the other two contestants need to guess whether your headline is true or bollocks. Mm -hmm. So... Who's kicking us off? And the scoring with it is every oh, yeah, time, every time someone guesses your headline correctly, yep. you must take a shot and you lose a point. That's right. So we start in the, the negatives. Yep. That's it. And uh, Caitlin, as our guest, I feel like you should kick us off. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> What's your first headline? All right. Uh, let me get the old headlines up. All right. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Baffling maths riddle that looks like a pile of worms almost solved. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder how it looks like a pile of worms. I wonder how this potentially fake riddle looks like a pile of worms. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's lots of the sort of top end pure mathematics stuff and it just gets... 
the diagrams get weirder and weirder. You know, you start out with just the curves and then there's the three-dimensional plots and then yeah. there's all that stuff. I'm inclined to go for a true and because I'm sort of feeling nice in these dark t- in these challenging times. I'm going to see how many times I can say that in the episode. <laughs> in these challenging times, I'm feeling very, uh, very charitable. So I'm probably going to go true. I was also going to say true. I don't know how you saying one or the other on a 50-50 option makes you charitable, Mitch, but... I'm going to say true as well. Okay. Well, interesting answers from, uh, from the crowd here. Uh, that is a true, that is a true article. It looks like a pile of worms because of reasons that are actually a little bit past my understanding, (laughs) but I did see a picture of it and it does look like a pile of worms, but I, it is only almost solved. It's not solved. Almost solved. So they're teasing us with it. That's Mm. it. Feel free to take your two shots. and okay, I will definitely take my two yes. shots. Thank you. And I will get going with mine. <clears throat> Study finds magpies are getting dumber, avoiding road transport less often. Hmm. I'm always really skeptical of anything that starts with study finds. Mm. Uh, and I don't really like Henry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um. Nah, nah, false, nah. Nah, magpies are great. Mitch has gone straight for the pro strat of, like, analysing the wording of the headline to imagine if it's a realistic clickbait new scientist headline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I do tend to agree with that. I think this is fake because, firstly, it does say study finds, and that's just not how people write science these days. This is the year 2020. This is the 2020th year of our I'm Lord. saying it's now. It'll turn up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back. This is 2020 and we always have to phrase news headlines about science as a question. Ah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, so, ah, shit. so that's why I think this one's false. And not that mine was a question either, but... Um, well, you are both absolutely correct. This ah, study is false. Um, I have ran over to too many magpies this week. Love you, magpies. You, I'm sorry, you did what, what to the magpies? What? I've run over too many magpies. Oh, he's joking. It's okay. That's some chicken fried horse shit. No, I said, I, I'm pretty sure I said I've almost run over too many magpies. <laughs> I thought oh, you said you ran over yeah, too almost. many magpies. No, okay, maybe I didn't say the word almost. Like, no, I've almost run over It's believable that you could run over one, but like, it's actually probably quite hard if you were trying deliberately to run over a magpie. I don't know. They're frisky. They're frisky. They're They're generally in the sky. But the thing is, the reason why I have said almost is the only thing that stopped me is me just going, I shouldn't run over the magpie. (laughs) Like I got so close to them so many times and they just wouldn't move. So this is your, your sort of assertion, you know, as a scientific study, like, Magpies must have gotten dumber, thought Henry to himself, as he drove away from (laughs) the third near miss of the week. (laughs) I had to Google this headline just in case there was something close to it. I love it. No, anecdata. I love anecdata. That's how we're doing science from now on. 2020, no more. We don't need data anymore. Just anecdotes. We're an accurate show. Here we go. Here's my first one. Space agency. Human urine could help make concrete on moon. Hmm. Hmm. I believe it. I don't believe it because urine, as far as I know, is actually a liquid. True. True. Oh, but concrete starts off as a liquid. That's such a good point. <laughs> 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 um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false because it sounds like it could be true, but I just think it's false for just like the vibe. That's cool. You don't lose any vibe you, of the thing. You don't lose anything if you're wrong. It's just Mitch. Wait, really? Yeah, What's wait, the wait, point wait. of me ever guessing right? I lose points. Yeah. Oh, I know. sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> no, cool, um, cool. I forgot the joy of seeing others suffer. Sorry. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I forget every Mitch? episode. Okay, so you're true, I'm false? Yep, Mitch, what do yeah, you got for right, us? Here we go. So, true. Woo! True. True. And here's the here's the T. The uh, lunar dust on the moon, it's called lunar regolith, I found out. It's mm-hmm. a powdery, powdery soil. Um, <laughs> apparently, urea helps to make that easier to work with, to make concrete out of it. So as opposed to needing big sewage plants and stuff, they're probably just going to pee in a concrete mixer. Wow. I have a question. Go ahead. What defines urea? How is that different to urine? It's, it's, I don't... Is that just the good stuff? Like <laughs> yeah, it's the good stuff. It's like, it's a, like... <laughs> I believe it's a mineral salt or it's like a salt in oh. urine. It's like 98 premium to your E10, it's which I've been getting so much of recently because fuel prices have dropped. So let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my car's like, what did I do? What did I say? I love this. Oh, fancy. 98. <laughs> Take her I out love somewhere nice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next hate Caitlin, what do okay. you got? All right. Okay. All right. All right. Tesla self-driving car AI will be able to identify dog breeds. That sounds like some wholesome shit Elon Musk will pull. I've fallen out of love with um, was it the name? Was it the, was it the baby name? Oh, that was part of it. Okay. Um, so is Grimes it, potentially? I don't want to start fights. I can't finish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll leave Elon to one side. Um, okay. I think that's true though. Ooh. I think it sounds like a true wholesome thing that has been done. I spent a long time reading about this. But Caitlin does like dogs. I like mm. self-driving vehicles in the past. Uh, I'm gonna say false. I'm going to give you a split decision. All right, we got our true and false. Well, <clears throat> I am here to tell you that that headline is, in fact, very much false. I made that up. Hey, that, is, that is a fake headline yes. that I invented. Very nice. I, it's a very I, nice I, fake headline. I did have the thought that, like, pretty much anything you say about Elon Musk is probably believable. Plausible. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Plausible, plausible, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The kid, the, no, the kid, the guy, the guy, man, the man, the man. Come on, Elon, there man. Is. Elon there man. Is. Here we are. Name <laughs> this man. kid. Okay, 12. Like, <laughs> apparently it's pronounced Ash. No, it's not. So, no, he <laughs> takes fake. the biscuit for like the it's most fake. pretentious spelling. That's it. Of anything. <laughs> I, I actually suspect it was mostly Grimes because she's kind of been known to toy with unusual names that have like numbers and stuff in it. Well, she um, is. Yeah. She's a bit of a funny one. There you go. Um, just on one thing on Elon Musk while we're here, my favorite thing that he did this week, <laughs> which is um, which is something that you, I love to say, yeah, um, yeah. he posted because because he's been on the uh, on the like reopen from COVID train for yeah. a couple of weeks now, and that's kind yeah. of been the big the big drama. Besides him naming his baby something completely <laughs> misunderstandable. Yeah. Um, uh, he posted a picture of an ice cream sundae in a martini glass on his Twitter and he said um, something like, uh, great to be reopened. Um, and then someone reverse image searched that image yeah. and it was actually just like an image he took from the official Twitter page of this um, like chain restaurant. Oh, what? Like he didn't what? actually go and get the martini. And I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. That is so weird. <laughs> What? It's my favorite, my favorite Twitter drama of this week. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, uh, uh, Henry, what you got? My headline is, Hoping Llamas Will Become Coronavirus Heroes. That's the headline. I think La- this is true. Uh, this is true. Yeah, because I saw it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I saw this while I was looking through yeah, for some I, other yeah, articles. I saw and stuff. it too. And I yeah. chose not to. You know why I didn't choose that one, Henry? Because I was like, that one's too obvious as a topic. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna guess that one. It is. We're trying it, to steer mainly away from sort of COVID stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like a feel good headline. You're both right, by the way. This is an absolutely true headline. Uh, Henry's getting drunk. <laughs> researchers in Belgium, <laughs> they uh, chose this four year old llama called Winter with great oh, eyelashes. Oh, Winter. Yeah. <laughs> And Winter's antibodies have neutralized coronavirus and other hold up, infections. Hold up. With great eyelashes. eyelashes, did you say? Wait, no, yes. her, it's not her eyelashes that neutralize the coronavirus. No, yeah, the eyelashes don't do it. She just has good eyelashes. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, there's so many YouTube makeup influencers that just, their ears just pricked up. <laughs> what? Uh, no, that's that's nuts. I'll take my two. Mitch, you're up. science. All right. Um, Sorry, I was just doing something on the side. Uh, Milwaukee zookeepers report that some primate species are mimicking social distancing. Oh. Mm. I feel like this is very plausible. Yeah, it's very plausible. That's the issue here. It's very plausible, but I don't know. Because, no, it's not true. Because how would the primates know what people are doing in their houses? Oh, <laughs> no, true. Well, the zookeepers are still there. Oh. Yeah, but the zookeepers aren't so... Sh- oh, I, oh, I guess they could be, like, standing far apart like the zookeepers are. I don't uh, know. I, I guess you have to, like, define what like, social distancing is in that sentence, right? Yeah. I mean, um, if I'm going to be honest, like, I've been to zoos and I've seen primates just do their thing in zoos, like, in a zoo <laughs> setting, and they don't often take cues from humans <laughs> in their behaviour, in their personal conduct. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's. Tr- I'm gonna say it's true. Anyway, I'm gonna say it's false. Split decision, mm. Mitch. What do you mm. got for us? It is. It is false. It is ah. false. I know. Yeah. But yeah. it is based on. It is based on a true story. Oh. Um, is it um fish? Yeah. So uh, the initial headline that I read, and I thought it was too depressing to include on the show, oh. was <laughs> that. Uh, Aquarium workers have reported that some of the species are showing signs of depression. Oh, um, oh no. Same. Yeah, just because they're like not Caitlin. used to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. Just like Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, and um, we should bring it up more through the show. Uh, the, <laughs> um, but then I thought, oh, I wonder if zoo animals are having a hard time. Uh, and then I went and looked at it. And apparently, they, they're loving it. Yeah, no problem at all. They're, they're doing great. And, you know, they took the iguana... Uh, yeah. zoo in, it was in Milwaukee uh, for a walk through the aquarium. Iguana's never seen walk. fish Milwaukee before. Walk. A Milwaukee iguana walk. Um, <laughs> shout out to the staff at Milwaukee County Zoo. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, they took this iguana for a walk and he's having a look at the fish. But uh, the, the thing that gave me the idea for the lie, Henry, which you so, uh, so, so, where you basically fell for it. Um, okay, good. Was that the, the primates there are, they are a bit upset. They're spending a bit more time sort of looking <laughs> wistfully out of the enclosure because there's no one to fling shit at. Yeah, it's um, devastating. But they're watching the they're watching the the keepers have brought the like uh, outdoor dining furniture mm-hmm. to, out, just outside the primate enclosure so that they can watch the keepers eat their lunch. Yep. Um, and then the keepers have they've reported that the primates always want a bit. They want a bit of their lunch. Oh, so that's the that's the kind of hot news that's going on in the there Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah. <laughs> on on like a dark note on that story, do you think it's kind of a bad sign for the ethics of zoos that animals are loving it so much that there's no one around? 
No, it's fine. Zoos are great for animals. Her next headline. No. <laughs> 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 just, yeah. Just, okay. I, I, who wouldn't love, like, I've loved quarantine. It's I, been the best being inside the house with all the members of my immediate family. I'm sure zoo animals love it. Oh, man. That's, that's a good point. We've offended so many people. It's not a good point. It's not a good point. Okay. As, as Watch Mike Blackfish. Go. We're done. It's you, Caitlin. Uh, it's you. Okay. Okay. Snakes have friends too. <laughs> Snakes have friends too. <laughs> was it twice in the headline or was that just for effect? Uh, just, just, oh, that was that, the headline. Okay, that, snakes have friends too. That's and important. Yeah. Was it twice in the headline or was it just for effect? <laughs> no, that was for effect. I, okay. I just thought it was funnier twice. That's so good. If there was a comma in that, that's a really powerful headline. That's Wait, it. So snakes just, have friends too, two, comma, pause. Snakes, snakes have, have friends, friends too. Um, <laughs> twinsies. I've been in a very yeah. I've been in a very like yes giving mood tonight for some reason. I'm gonna say yes. Snakes do have friends too. Good for them. I want this to be true so much. Yes. Two so yeses. Yes from you me. You both think it's true? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm very pleased to tell you that it's true. Snakes do oh, have friends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to snakes. Best from a very, it's a very cute article. <laughs> it's a very cute article in National Geographic. Um, Aww. Just studying animal friendships, basically. Um, and, and snakes are like the most recent animal to be shown definitively to have best friends. Best, not just friends, but best friends. Best friends, friends. Man. And there's, oh gosh, there's a very cute picture of a couple of snakes um, just chilling together. <laughs> oh. oh, that's cute. That's awesome. All right, here we go. A new form of compass is being developed for Antarctic travel. That's fake. Um, yeah, it's fake. Because no, why would fake. they need a new compass? What's wrong with the compasses we have now? What's wrong? <laughs> the, 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 the Earth's magnitude and the Earth's magnitude. Poles. Good one, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> what, can you please tell me more about the magnitude of the Earth? <laughs> of course not. That's not this section. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yes, this is a fake article. <laughs> right. <laughs> That was it. That was, I mean, like... I, He's done well. I don't want to roast you on air, but that was... Your form is usually somewhat better. I mean, I, I, wrote these, I wrote these notes a lot closer to the recording time than most often, yeah. than, than recently often. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Earth, the, uh, that, that um, it do be how it is, that magnitude. It do be. It'll it, get you. It's dooby dooby dooby. <laughs> yeah. Who's losing? I mean, oh, is I mean, it my I, last one? Yeah, it's you. It's oh, you shit. Still. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> wait, who's, who's winning? No, no, wait, we're not no, done no, yet. Mish has one we're more. We're not finished. Yeah. So we're oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's so, so wholesome now. Five you, inch long. Five inch long. Five inch long. Five inch long. Dragon's horn grown from man's back. That isn't the beginning of a haiku. That's the headline. <laughs> five inch long dragon. That w- it wouldn't even be a haiku. haiku yeah. It's not the right nah, syllables. I can't do it. Um, Sorry. Um, it sounds like one of those clickbait articles that comes with a photo of like a horn coming out of a back that isn't actually a horn. You know those ones? Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I always feel like it's too bizarre to have made up. Yeah. I don't know, because dragons aren't real. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know? This is how I find out? Um, I, okay, yeah. I'm going to say it's false. Mm. Um, I'm going to say, oh, I don't know, though. I don't know, though. Um, I'm going to answer in the form of a haiku. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Here we go. I think that this piece. Good. Is factual. Yeah. Ooh. Wait, okay. no, that was two fives. That was, that that was, was, yeah. fives yeah. I was counting out. I was like, what? Where's the, the, where's the seven? Where's the seven? Uh, wait, wait, no, let me try. No, it's fine. We can move on. We'll leave. <laughs> Doesn't make for good radio. All right. Jeez. No, it's good. Split answer. It's a split answer, man. <laughs> new section, new section, psychos. Um, <laughs> hey, hello. Oh, shit. That's We're doing so it. good. We're doing oh, it. Oh, fuck, that's good. We're doing it. It's happening after. Stick around for the extended. I'm going to do a 90s style throw to the like after show. Stick around and find out with our cool psychos. Um, oh no! So oh. what? What was the? What was it's the a, it? Was a split, split decision. Yeah. So split I said decision. I said it's false, and Henry said it's true. Wait, no, other way around. Sorry. Other way around. Okay. <laughs> I forgot what I even thought. <laughs> the haiku was too much. <laughs> All right. Um, I will be taking one shot because absolutely true. What? It's true. Yep, and not the first what? time that it's happened. So these things are called cutaneous horns. Cutaneous yeah, horns. and they happen a bit more after people with uh, in elderly people or older people if they've already had a bit of a skin lesion. Oh, yeah. It's okay though because they're made of compacted keratin, which oh, is the same oh, stuff that's okay. in your fingernails. Oh, oh. I was worried for a second. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and and not the first time because <clears throat> an elderly uh, lady was the one. I don't know why I said lady. An elderly lady was the, the last one. And she grew one out of her face. What? Amazing. Yep. So you can oh. look it up. So there was a lady, old lady who grew a horn, uh, one of these what they call conical horns in the biz uh, out of her face. An old mate um, that we've just been talking about. Doesn't say his name. But uh, yeah. Yep. Look at that. Five inch there horn out of your back. How when did he go to the doctor? That's what I wanted to know. Probably want to reach three yeah. inches, right? Because that's when you got to start thinking. We need worrying. to probably stop the record. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's nope. fine. That's oh, it's okay. We caught, <laughs> we caught a potential fire alarm. In the I room. want the full rich experience of this. But yeah, if you've got a <laughs> yeah. horn growing out of yourself, it may be an indication of skin cancer. So go and get the horn taken go off. Go and get the horn taken off. Stop growing horns. Honestly, <laughs> if I have a horn growing out of me, I think skin cancer is the least of my concerns. Like, I'm not, my first reaction isn't going to go to a doctor. It's going to go to a priest. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we finish the round with uh, <clears throat> myself sitting on a very nice negative six. He's, he's, you did he, it. He came well yeah. prepared. He did it. Um, Caitlin's on negative five. Woo! Can you believe this? We were discussing this before the show that Mitch never seems to be in front anymore. He is in front on negative three. Oof, what a time oh. as we head into the next round. Dun, dun, dun. The sound effect. Uh, All right, Caitlin, give us your psyche before we get okay. this rolling. All right. <clears throat> this is the section in which we play a fun sound. <laughs> Autumn leaves still fall. <laughs> nice. All right, let's count it in. I love it. All right, next section: the sound of science. We have all. Can I just head. compliment you okay. on that name? Oh, I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. I just wanted to tell you. I really <laughs> do like, it. Do it. I, 
I really like the name of this segment. Thank you. That's, it, it's a full, full props to Helen, uh, yeah. who, who came up with it. It used yeah. to be What's That Sound? And she was like, surely this is the sound of science. And she was right. It's it quite, uh, quite an awkward cut. But yeah, Helen just flexed on us <laughs> being it. much funnier. <laughs> she was on the show. That's it. Um, she said, that's surely. I mean, yeah. You, you should call her. What that's are you it. doing with this? You know, what was it called before? What's That Sound? Yeah, what a yeah. shit name. All right, here we go. What's that sound? More like what's that shit name? But, you know, it's not the same. So, the sound of science. We've all prepared some audio to be heard. Uh, oh, my God. Was that it? Was that your sound, Caitlin? The fire alarm going off again? <laughs> <laughs> we all know what it's like on Zoom. Here we go. Let's go. Third take. For those of you with these Zoom bingo sheets, if you've got, like, dog barking, fire alarm, child... Child like car pulling in, bin van, truck. That's it. You know what the fuck I mean. That's Here it. we go. Here we go. Three, two. And we're back. The Sound of Science. What a great, great name for our next segment. We have all pro- provided, we have all prepared even a piece of audio from any time in science history to do in any way to science. Then we're going to play it to the other two and they're going to guess as to what it is. Maximum of five points can be awarded for this. You can award less depending on how close they are to the actual sound because we're assuming it's going to be quite specific to begin with and no one's really going to get it very accurately. So with that said, Caitlin, do you want to kick us off? Oh, hell yeah. What is your sound for us? All right. Are you you listening close, folks? We're listening close, folks. I'm ready. All right. I saw Mitch's I, reaction during that. I, I think he yeah. just straight up knows this. Wait, if you do, <laughs> if you do, I feel like I should guess first, then, right? Because so I don't just steal off your idea straight away. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. So yeah, part of me thinks I should just go with the most like obvious answer here, which is just. Uh, a train station sound maybe in Singapore with with the people saying the words as a train goes by, but I'm probably wrong. Mitch, what's the real answer? It, it's also my sound. So I'm, I'm frantically oh, trying no! to find the sound. Why does so, this keep happening to I us? Know, it's incredible. <laughs> how do we how do we not how do we not know how to do a show? You know what? The warning sign was at the beginning when we were saying like kind of giving clues to what our sounds were, and you were kind of like, mine might be easy to guess, but I think it's cool. And I said, mine might be easy to guess, but I think it's cool. <laughs> Just Oh yeah. man, this is the what? This is the <laughs> well, third time out of what five episodes. Uh, no, no. I, I think I want to hear your explanation more, and then I can maybe elaborate a bit, and we'll try and piece together the uh, wreckage of this show afterwards. Yeah, we'll figure out. We'll figure out the scoring afterwards. I think let's. Yeah. Let's. We might need to go to wacky words. We're doing that anyway. Thing standard cut. It's fine. We'll we'll, 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 play, we'll play around with it. Caitlin. We might need to push it forward to get a little bit more equity in the, the stuff. <laughs> Caitlin, what is the sound? The sound is of a Boston Dynamics robot called Spot the Dog. If you're not familiar with Boston Dynamics, they make these really cute robots that you can't knock over. So there's lots of really oh, fun cute. videos where people try and kick them over and stuff. Yeah, and um, they don't don't get knocked over. Um, and it's, it's a, kind of like a little dog. And at the moment, they've let it loose in this park in Singapore and it just plays this recording of this woman telling you to <laughs> please stay inside. 
That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah, it's some it's some totally dystopian <laughs> stuff. Like it, it's 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 not <laughs> so- just like walking around and like vaguely just shouting it. It's not an automated message. It's actually seeking groups of people out. Oh yeah, it, there's, there's videos of it. Like yeah, it's like going right up to people. Can I also <laughs> yeah. just tell you the um the title of the article I got this from? Yeah, go ahead, do it. Spot the robot dog. Now a social distancing narc is freaking people out. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. All right. I have a proposal for how we can like, how we can figure out the segment scoring. Let's do it. Um, my proposal here is that uh, I will play my sound. Yep. You'll both guess my sound. I will reward both of you points in some way, hopefully. And okay. then I will just take the average of that. And sure. I'll just be out three points for this segment. Okay. Right. I think, I, I think, I think that's workable. Yeah. So, work. With that being said, here is my sound. I'll play, uh, I'll, I'll play one more time for you guys. That's it. That's it, huh? Hmm. It's short, but there it is. See, it sounds like a car in neutral. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? There's a bit of a preamble to it as well, though. Um... Mm. I can tell you it's not a car neutral. Oh, thank you. No worries. That really, like... Uh, it's really, yeah. Yeah, that knocks out that guess. <laughs> really, really, um, you know, narrows it down. That's it. Um, Like, my best guess besides that is a, <laughs> some kind of frog. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, robot frog telling people to socially distance. <laughs> <laughs> That's up. That's frog for Stay inside. Your family rule. loves you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay inside. Stop the spread. <laughs> uh, Kayla's committing to frog. Mitch, um, what do you got? I'm Robot actually. Just, I'm going to change mine very slightly. I'm actually going to say toad. I'm going to differentiate, toad. Okay. differentiate myself. And Mitch is. You're not actually committing to a robot. You know, frog telling you to socially distance. Are you? I absolutely am. How dare you? Um, the. <laughs> You mentioned cane toads there. I, uh, weird quarantine hobbies, you know, dark corners of the internet, found, actually got their newsletter. Uh, you can get a $2,000 clutch, which is like a tiny handbag. Yeah. Um, made of cane toad leather. What? Yeah, or at least partially. French designer. It's great. What a time. Tell it's them amazing. you're dreaming. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. <laughs> oh, great film. All right, well, if you're- Is it a robot frog? If Kaylin's committed to a real frog and Mitch, for some reason, has committed to a robot frog. They're real. Um, shut up. <laughs> you're both equally wrong, I guess. Cause it's, it's, I don't think we're equally wrong. I, okay, okay. Either a robot or it's if not. If anything, Mitch is closer than... Okay, if anything, right. Mitch is oh, closer. Cool. Right. That's fair. Um, I'll take it. Because uh, Mitch, you can have half a point, Sweet. I guess, because it's, it's robotic. It's your birthday. Kaylin can have nothing, and I guess I have 0.25 with this preposition. Uh... <laughs> It was actually the sound of a cylinder being dropped onto a surface of Ublek, but still being able to sink quite quickly. Hi, I have a question. You want to know more about this? I have a question. You have to say yes. 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 Um, 
researchers found that because well, we i'm sure people here have heard of bublek it's kind of like a slime variety see that was my question yeah how do you, uh, how do you make it <laughs> tell the people at home what is um, it? the best way to make everyone it be, who doesn't have children that's it the best way to make is it a science communicator would be using water and cornstarch and just mixing around it's what we think of as a non-Newtonian fluid, meaning it doesn't quite do the same thing as other fluids like water and stuff. In this case, it in a in a in a simple way changes state depending on how much pressure you apply to it. So if you just like put your hand in slowly, it'll feel very liquidy. But if you punch the ublick, it'll feel really solid. And these researchers, this happened less than a week ago, they figured out a way to drop a cylinder into ublick, <clears throat> like in, in in a really hard pressure way, but for it still to sink down. Uh, they rapidly rotated the mixture's container clockwise and counterclockwise back and forth, and the particles oscillating meant they were no longer in contact, which actually prevented the solid from jamming. Yeah. Cornell oh, University yeah. came up with this, and they think it could be useful in industrial processes involving similar fluids, like clogs and tubes with cement, etc. It made it sound like a frog. And it sounds a bit like a frog. <laughs> or a robotic like frog, a frog, depending on who you ask. <laughs> sounds a lot like a frog. One in three will say frog. One in three will say robotic frog. <laughs> One, one in three science communicators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One in three science communicators say this sounds like a frog. <laughs> one in three is concerned as to, as to how one of the other two latched on so quickly to the first answer and twisted it slightly into a less plausible answer. What? I had uh, nothing. I had nothing. Well, no, nobody was going to get that. If you got that at home, send an email to iamlying at gmail.com. And because you can be our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's like the scientist who did the experiment on the Ublex? Oh no. Cry he'll more. Know. He'll know. If, if if he's listening, he'll like share this this podcast on Twitter and everything for us. He or will. she. Or she. I, I haven't read it. Up Cornell. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, the scores are as follows. Not much change, but everyone's improved a little bit, kind of. Uh, I'm still sitting on negative I'm still sitting the negatives on negative five point seven five. Caitlin's on negative five, and Mitch is on negative 2.5. Meaning we actually are all within range of each other going into the final set. How Incredible. Cool. All right. Count us in. One, two, no, that's not how it works. Five, four. Welcome back uh, to the final round of this this uh, socially distanced episode of your favorite comedy science and uh, drinking enthusiasm. Well, let's podcast. not go that far. I'm sure we're only like third or something and they're listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Well, you know, it's probably You're my favorite. Oh, it's my climbing. Favorite. It's climbing. Thank you. Um, so, this is the main segment, the main event Science Under the Influence. There it is. So, in this round, each member uh, or each person joining us, so Henry, I, and our lovely guest, Caitlin is going to share bad information on a science story that occurred in the last month of science history. They'll then have five minutes maximum to explain the story as concisely as they can, despite our increasing state of being a bit pissed, yeah, before good. then mm-hmm. taking one question from each other person. The scoring is one point for your explanation that is understood by the other participants, contestants, and one point each for answering questions from the others to like a reasonable extent. So I believe it is guest goes first. It's always guest goes first. Always guest goes first. Caitlin, Excellent. If you're the ready. Time, okay. The time, the time starts 
now. Okay, so I wanted to talk about this very cool and very interesting and sort of dark phenomenon that I think many people might have heard of recently, which is called COVID dreams. So oh. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of, of people in the last like few months have been reporting that they've been having weird, particularly vivid dreams. Um ever since basically the entire COVID and isolation um, thing started. And yep. it's so it's so cool to me that there's like this mass of people, including myself, which is why I thought this was such a cool story, oh, hello. who has been having like these kinds of really weird specific dreams, um, so like particularly vivid dreams ever since um, isolation started. So um, a couple of the theories from psychologists who study dreams of their understanding of why this is happening. There's like a few kind of um, different theories which don't necessarily conflict with each other, but um, I'll just outline them. One is usually your dreams. I mean, all the time your dreams come from your experience of the world. You only dream about things that are based on your experience of the world, just like very, very warped. Um, and because people are suddenly completely devoid of the kinds of ma massive experiences that they would usually see in their everyday life like suddenly their experiences their outward stimulus has been so reduced um their their subconscious i suppose you could call it is forced to go towards much further back memories to um come up with dreams basically mm. or like or base it on like current stuff so i i think that's really cool um Th these kinds of things, like it's very, very hard to study dreams. So it's really hard to kind of come up with a scientific hypothesis that's really based in um, like positivistic facts about that kind of thing. I think that's a really cool theory. Another theory is simply that people are just sleeping more. Um, <laughs> and if you're sleeping more and more regularly, um, your dreams are going to be like your sleep patterns are going to cause your dreams to be different and more memorable. Like, so. Many people uh, remember dreams consistently and some people don't remember dreams so consistently, are able to remember their dreams more consistently. Um, I think that's about it. Do you want to hear about my COVID dream? Have I got time? I mean, I was going to ask that as a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got time. But you do, have time. It, do it as part of the story because yeah, then you go. don't have to answer his question. He has to come up with another one. Go. So are you guys froze all for me. Oh, no. Like oh, you're sorry. good. Tell We're us about here. your COVID dream. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I've had like three dreams in the last week that I was in the Baltic countries. Oh, damn. <laughs> I had, and, and it's going from order from north to south. So first I had a dream about um, going to Latvia and then I had a, no, other way around, Estonia, Latvia, and then <laughs> presumably tonight I'll dream about Lithuania. Nice. And then the only other thing I dream about is work. That's the oh, episode yeah. title. That's the episode title. Is dreams of Lithuania. Dreams of Lithuania. <laughs> That's the episode title. We're gonna get some exactly. listeners who think this is some Honor. random podcast that is not related to science at all. This is like a tourist plug. Yeah, some weird tourist <laughs> podcast. Yeah, Lithuania is real nice. That's it. I want to go. Anyway, you were great. That, yeah. that, that's you're well on. That yeah, made well in time. Yeah, well enough. That, 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 that made sense. sense. It made Love sense. that. We'll give you a point for that. I've got a oh. question. Um, yeah. What defines a COVID dream? What defines a COVID I love, dream? I like, what, like, generally might, right? Because you've brought up how people are having COVID dreams, mm. and that seems to be, like, a general thing that has been established, but how, how, or rather just how are they different to a regular dream, maybe? The difference is, uh, um, from, from what I've read, mm -hmm. 
uh, if people were defining it, is that it's particularly vivid dreams that have happened after COVID, like from people who don't usually have very vivid dreams. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Take that point. You're good. Aww. Mitch, what do you got? Um, I suppose I'm just trying to be a good uh, science communicator, podcaster mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a specific term there, which I really, I think is important that people understand, which was positivism. Mm. Um, so positivism in the context of scientific research or writing, I think it's important that people know about that. that so my question, question is, yeah, what is, what are positivism? Who what? is them and <laughs> well, why? Learn us. Learn what, us. Our where thing. and why is positivism? <laughs> positivism is a research epistemology. Oh, the hello. Epistemo- the theory of knowledge. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah epistemology, epistemology. How we is, generate knowledge and yeah. How we generate knowledge and how we how we know what we know. Cool. Um, uh, it's it's a particular theory of knowledge that. Posits, if you will. Um, <laughs> she did it. That only that only measurable and quantifiable facts can be considered to be valid knowledge. Mm, Truly nice. valid knowledge. That's my that that's how I would define it. And it's in um it's in uh it'd be most kind of um most related to quantitative research. So if mm-hmm. people know the, the terms quantitative and qualitative, quantitative research is research that can that um, regards numbers and counting mm-hmm. and tallying mm-hmm. and measuring. Mm-hmm. And then qualitative research is that which regard which um, is regarding um, it, it, like it, com- it comes from the words quantity and quality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the quality of something. The um, the like, for instance, uh, if I did an ethnographic interview as an anthropologist, that is qualitative research. Mm-hmm. That's really getting to the um, the qu- the quality of someone's experience. Or I could give them a survey where they rank from one to five how they feel about something, and that is quantitative. Nice. Okay. Lovely. Are you, happy, are you happy with that mention? Yeah, big point. Thank Great. you. Wow. That's really good. Big point. Big, big point. Gonna, why am I taking a drink? That's not the game. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate. Like, yeah. Celebrate yeah. your <laughs> big point. Celebrate your big point. You've done I it. I really actually just mantle. like beer. <laughs> <laughs> Go team. All right. Am I next? Yes. Yes. Okay. I will start Excited. the timer on myself. <clears throat> so here's the sitch, right? There's this difference in genes, not the ones you wear, the ones in your body, which may help explain which animals can get tipsy from alcohol. This is a very meta study I'm bringing up because we are all currently tipsy from alcohol, you see. But the report was by this molecular anthropologist, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Marik Janiak uh, from the University of Calgary in Canada. Shout out to Janice. (laughs) <laughs> that's not it but okay hey Janice, Janice like subscribe uh, hit that like bell hit that subscribe button <laughs> hey Janice gang checking in uh, but no they, they've done some jing studies and they found that several different creatures are affected by this by an independent ah, an independent breakdown of this gene known as ADH7 uh, during their mammal evolution and basically if you get this gene uh, it makes it harder for bodies to break down ethanol allowing it to build up more easily in your bloodstream. And one of the key animals included in this gene inheritance, elephants. 
right? What? This backstory is important because there's been this ongoing debate in science about drunk elephants. I've heard there about have been that. descriptions yeah. about elephants behaving oddly after binging on overripe fruit as far back as 1875. There was this taste test that was done, which involves uh, yeah. giving elephants drops of I'm... water spiked with ethanol, which they drank, and then they decided swaying more and seemed more aggressive. Mm. There's been a rebuttal for it. Uh, physiologist Steve Morris argued uh, against it. He provided a calculation that elephants couldn't physically eat the huge amount of fruit necessary to get buzzed. Uh, but that calculation was from a human rather than an elephant physiology. So this new insight is just shedding more light into this conversation about elephant drunkenness. Uh, and the work was actually inspired out of all things by tree shrews. They're these little small mammals that look a bit like squirrels. They have this insane alcohol tolerance. We'll, we'll stop the timer. Just for the record, Henry just did an impression of a tree shrew. Yeah, <laughs> he, just did the, he just did oh, the trees. It's a tree oh, shrew. Yeah, 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 no, it's a tree shrew. Just, <laughs> oh, we need to start streaming this show. Anyway, it's a tree <laughs> shrew. And uh, they, have, they have insane alcohol tolerance. So their ethanol concentrations, ethanol concentrations that can fuck us up will not phase them, right? That's their levels. And uh, another author of this uh, report, Amanda Mellon, uh, she, she remembered that they were literally just drinking beer on a patio when they came up with this idea of working off this. So even more meta stuff of scientists drinking alcohol. Yep. They ended up surveying all the mammal genetic information they could find, which indirectly assessed the variety of responses to alcohol. Uh, 79 mammal species they looked at, and they found that the ADH7 gene had lost its function in 10 separate spots of the fam mammal family tree. These animals included elephants, armadillos, rhinos, and beavers. How good. Uh, humans, we have the reverse condition. Uh, we have a mutation which makes our ADH7 around 40 times more efficient. So we can just like take it in and not get drunk for a, for a while, but eventually maybe. Uh, but yes, because it's an elephant, that old debate about drunk elephants comes back. Uh, if they do have the slower capacity for clearing the ethanol, then the smallish amount of alcohol that elephants get from eating this fermented fruit could actually be enough to change their behavior. And the next step now is really just putting their large livers into the investigation equation because the conversation has in turn been looking at just how large elephants are and maybe just, well, they're so huge, it could happen, but they're just so huge, we don't know. And that's the next steps. And that's all I've got to say. Okay, mm -hmm. I have I have like a question for the purpose of the game. Cool. Um, did and I, also a side question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I would definitely give you a point for that. Great. He made sense. That was pretty cool. Nice. I give you a point. I like that. He spent his yeah. time on the main story, not the headlines. Um, <laughs> got it. Uh, question, Caitlin. Okay, so yeah, I have my main question, which is, if animals that are not prone to building up ethanol in their system, mm -hmm. ingest a lot of ethanol, will they still get sick but not drunk? It's a really interesting question, right? Because uh, I, I don't have any information on it here. But like, they, they, yeah, I know. But hang on, I, I can give you some information to do with it. Because mm -hmm. the tree shoes is what inspired the, the, the investigation. But why they can drink so... Sorry, you so didn't do the action. I don't know what you're talking sorry, about. Sorry, the tree shrews. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, oh, I tree shrews. I got yeah, you. that's it. They, they, they inspired it. But the reason why they can drink so much, that still remains a mystery. And that has to... Because if, if we move to a different mammal called 
I shit you not, AAs or IIs, depending on how you want to say yeah, it. No, I-I-I-E. Oh, yeah, no, IIs. Yeah, they're yeah, from, yeah. Um, from um, Madagascar. That, Madagascar. They're little no, I, no, I actually know them from um, that show with uh, Eliza Thornbury. Oh, okay. oh yeah, the Wild, the Wild Thornbury. Thornbury. Yeah. That, I, I think he was actually talking about the island of, of Madagascar. Yeah, yeah, they're I'm a the Madagascar. yeah, they're yeah. a little lemur. They uh, have an incredibly long second digit. Yeah, they do. They've which also, is really mm-hmm. handy in 2020. That's like, it. Just <laughs> they use it to find bugs uh, and trees. They, they have independently evolved that similar kind of mutation that humans have. But free foods don't actually have that same kind, right? Uh, so in terms of your question of people going, uh, a species going the other way, if they drink too much, can they just feel sick but not feel tipsy? I don't think we have enough information on it. I know that's a bit of a cop-out, but from what I have, I personally don't think there's enough information on it to answer that question. Because mm. they have to have a very high level Right, and I don't think that's been tested yet on either AAs or tree fruits to properly give you an idea. Well, you haven't properly answered my question. I do believe that if you had been able to answer it, that would make you a, a ethanol scientist. So <laughs> I give you a point for that. And Thanks. I do have a side question that will not be part of the game. Cool. Did you Go. say that? Did you say one of the scientists' names was Amanda Mellon? <laughs> yeah, Amanda Mellon. <laughs> Mellon. I'm sure. If you're melon. A, Dr. Melon. melon, if you were listening. Dr. Dr. Melon. I- <laughs> <laughs> Your biggest fans right here. That's it. Mm. Mitch, yeah. you got a question? Yes. So ADH7. Yes. Yep. What does ADH stand for? That's a great question. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Yeah, no. The thing is, I was... <laughs> Is is it just the same as oh, Pardon? I, no, it wouldn't be the same as HGH. I'm, I'm honestly not quite sure. <laughs> it's obviously not. It's obviously, it's obviously not. not it's, it's, it's not attention deficit <laughs> hyperactivity it's 7. Definitely That's not definitely not it. Mitch asking the real fucking question. I do not know, unfortunately. I was kind of banking on the fact that one of you would ask a question about the fruit. Like I asked on the side. As to which fruit was actually making people on the side. Wait a minute. Drunk. Wait a minute. Can I ask none, on of, the side? none of the fruit I don't make people drunk. Um, you can ask was on the it side. Melons. It wasn't. <laughs> Amanda melons. No, no it wasn't. Um, uh, it was actually a uh, marula fruit. They, sure. Uh, What's that? <laughs> it is a fruit. That contains alcohol. And the estimates for how much alcohol is in it ranges from 1% alcohol to 7% alcohol. Why are we not researching this? I've never even heard of them. Does does it grow on the tree with alcohol in it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what? What scientists have... No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. (laughs) No, okay, I... I know for a fact. I know for a fact that someone would have already been tapping into that market. <laughs> make any sense? No, because the reason I know it grows somewhere with the alcohol in it is because once it drops to the ground and gets fermented, scientists have discovered that it increases the alcohol more by three percent. Right, so it can't drop to the ground and be fermented and increase by three percent if it's not already on the ground. Right, it has to be grown somewhere. It could increase by three percent from zero. From zero percent. <laughs> it's kind because of how percent. It works. ranges from one to seven percent as how much alcohol is in it. 
This is oh, real so it's like zero to five this on the real tree. Fruit. This is a real fruit. You know, math, so no, zero to four. You say it's marula, M-A-R-U-L-A. M-A-R-U-L-A. That is, that's something that marula oil is used in like hair care and skincare products. So I have actually heard of that. This isn't this um, isn't the round where so I maybe a- lie about something, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just giving you facts. Right <laughs> no, now. I, this I'm just so ADH. I, I knew it, and I was surprised that I knew it, especially in my like whiskey haze. Um, ADH <laughs> is alcohol dehydrogenase. Oh, great! I was never going to guess that. Cool. Way back in the roller decks there, but uh, yeah, is that's dehydrogenase the something you can put on a sandwich like mayonnaise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dehydrogenase. Yeah. Yeah. Dehydrogenase. Great. I'm happy to cop the lack of point from Mitch because I don't think I'm going to win this anyway. And I'll just take the two. Mitch, All you're right. up. Here we go. Good luck. Ready? Fuck you, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to start every section now. <laughs> have you started the timer? You have, haven't you? I have. I have. Go yeah, on. Fair enough. Every now and then, okay, a story comes along in science that just you watch slack-jawed. Cannot believe we've finally done it. When I was younger, I remember seeing a video of a, this is my shtick now. I do these massive, (laughs) massive tangents and then come in from from the wild and I I get to the point. Uh, I remember seeing a video when I was a young lad of an English publican, amputee he was, which is terrible, trying to peel a boiled egg. Okay. This could go in so roots so far. This is so weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> because she had a very clumsy prosthesis. Okay. <laughs> what? So, you, is that how you just say no arms? You couldn't peel the egg. No, no, no. He was an amputee and he had a prosthesis. Okay. And he couldn't peel the boiled egg. <laughs> Tell but us now, more. <laughs> but now, slack-jawed was I watching the work of Associate Professor Max Ortiz Catalan from Chalmers University in Sweden because he's been part of a research study published in the New England Journal of Medicine of three patients who for seven years have been living every day with a prosthesis fully integrated into their bone and neural system that can also detect pressure. There it is. Big shout so out to the they mock. have a prosthesis that is actually an extension of their body. It is not something that they slide a stump into. It is literally screwed into their bone. It is a part of them. And it's a process called osseointegration. The headline for the story was mind-controlled arm prostheses that feel are now a part of everyday life. So these people... One of which, an ex-truck driver, Rickyard, bad accident. Another one with an electrical fault, terrible stuff, different jobs. And they start their conversation by saying, what do you want to do? What do you want to be able to do in your life, considering you've lost the arm? All of these people are upper limb amputees above the elbow, and they've all regained virtually total function. Wow. So it's a device called the E-OPRA, capital O-P-R-A, and it's based on a system created by a company called Interregnum AB. So there are four sensors in the thumb and the neural integration 
So the structural part of the prosthesis is drilled into their bone and the nerves that are remaining in the stump are connected to the prosthesis. Wow. And it actually, they don't need to learn how to use it per se. It gets better over time, but they can just use it after implantation exactly the same way that you're able to use our arms. Incredible. So the implantation of it took place at somewhere called Salgrenska University Hospital, yet uh, led by Professor Richard Braunmark and uh, Dr. Paolo Sasu. And the implications of it are over a million people worldwide suffer from limb loss. So if they get this, it means that those people potentially have access to a technology that would allow them to peel a boiled egg once again. That's so inspiring. Yeah. Um, nice. That 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 made sense. I was I loved really, that. I was really concerned I was going to reach some weird territory with your like starting story, but it just became really wholesome at the end. When you started, <laughs> I kind of assumed you just hadn't done your research and you were just making it up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, all of that was a hundred percent true. No, and I remember great. looking back, like to being a kid and feeling like a real. Like, in retrospect, a total asshole. thanks 2020 hindsight, because there I'm looking is. at this person <laughs> trying to peel a boiled egg and I'm like, oh, how awful. Like, oh, your prosthesis are never going to be able to do that. Mm. What a shit life. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Watch right. the video for this. The work of Max Ortiz, I will say, right, yeah. before you ask. Okay. No, in fact, I, I hope that one of you asks it, but I will say the sky's the limit with this technology. Yeah. You know? That's good. That's uh, real well, cool. Look, I, I I think he made sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he you got get very a point he got very that. feel good near the end as well, so that was really nice. Mm, um, I liked the I like the narrative that ran through it. That's it. I have a I have a question for Mitch. Ooh, so, okay. the the guy's name was what was it Max Ortiz? Or, the full name? Catalan. Max Ortiz Catalan. Yeah. Or the mock to his friends. associate professor. The mock. Yeah. yeah. The mock to his friends. Um, Notorious MOC. Yeah, that's it. Notorious <laughs> MOC. What do you know? What inspired him to start this seven-year-long study? Study? No, like investigation. It's no, case. Yeah, let's go with I, case. I think, um, yeah, he was involved with doing the research study for it, not the implantation. But he wanted to address the problem of limb loss. Okay. That's his whole thing. And it gives me a chance to answer the question I wanted to answer too. So I'll give you a bit of a politician answer here. Um, so he wanted to address the problem of limb loss for sure. Uh, and after starting the work and doing the research on it, lots of people on the internet, you'll be shocked to know in comments fields, have started saying, oh, they're trying to make the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to give people these super-powered robot limbs. Uh, and we'll share the video where you can watch this for yourself. But he says, well, it's possible, but that's not what I'm interested in. You know, he's just interested in getting people back to their state of functionality. He's not really keen on that kind of stuff. So all this defense contract out-of-the-box craziness, that wasn't his motivation. He just wants to get people able to do whatever it is that they did before. How I'll tell good. you what, watching a guy with a prosthetic like a neurally linked robot arm change a car battery that restored my faith in humanity. I was like, yeah, we did it. We did Big plus we did something. Yeah. That's it. We Take it. That, that, that's, that's a point. You can have it. Caitlin, what do you got? Oh, that story was so cool. Oh. <laughs> um, I've got three things to say. 
Is one of them a question? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the middle, the middle one is my question. Okay. Which is, so the first thing I want to say is I'm like properly drunk now. I just wanted to let you know. Great. Um, okay. The extended my, cut's going to be fun. Be <laughs> lit. Um, my question is, um, how many, it, um, how many people in total have received this um, this treatment so far? This full, like osteo implant and also. Technology? Yeah, the full technology, and then is like is is it something that is potentially going to be something that all people in the world who are experiencing limb loss would be able to adopt? So the answer to the first question is three. Sorry, I asked you questions. No, no, that's cool. The answer <laughs> to the first question is three. Um, yeah, and they've had it for seven years, so it's a really long yeah. longitudinal yeah. study. Uh, and the process of osseointegration, they actually drill it into the bone and the bone grows and grafts onto the implant. So it effectively is totally fused. Um, so it takes quite a long time to heal and, you know, for nerves to catch up, et cetera, et cetera. So this kind of study was necessary. Second question, accessibility to other people or the million people suffering from limb loss, Max... Oh, a mock, Notorious MOC, covered this mm, that's in an interview for it where he was saying that once he's once they've got, which they've done now, this was published on April 29, they've done it. The proof of concept is there. New England Journal of Medicine, that's the, that's the rolling stone of, you know, scientific or medical research. Um, it's a big one. Well, whatever, whatever, better, whatever is better than the rolling stone, whatever, I don't know, the highest quality. Um, Nedjam is, is where it's at for medical research. Now that that's out, it means that the proof of concept is there and it can be taken to governments and healthcare systems to say, this is available mm. if you fund it for the, for the people that need it. And he's already getting emails and requests from people around the world saying, you know, we love this technology because prosthesis vary greatly in quality and, you know, utility around the world. So hopefully, look, in, in a perfect world, everyone would have one tomorrow that needed it. And they're already working actually on lower limb stuff. Um, so, you know, people who have lost legs, which is disturbingly common in some parts of the world. Um, and working as well with lower limb amputation because there are, I don't know if, you know, uh, anatomy stuff, but there's a big thick bone at the top of your arm and there's two slightly less thick ones in the bottom part. If you lose your arm in the bottom part, it's sometimes tricky to get an implant, but they're working on that too. How good. What a, what a nice feel-good story oh, to end this round. That was such a good article, <laughs> That's <Mitch>. it. <laughs> How good. Well, you, um, you, you get the full three for that. Yes. And I think we'll head towards mm. the final scores. Oh. All right. That brings us to the end of this official episode, or more or less the end. We've got some music coming up afterwards. But I think we should have a look at the scores. And... In, in no surprise at all, your boy Henry is sitting on negative 3.75, uh, coming, mm. coming in uh, a, a hasty third. We have Caitlin sitting on negative 2, did a solid job, and the only person to break even tonight, he's done it ladies and gentlemen, finally he's taken a win home for himself, Mitch is sitting on positive 0. 0.05 points. Got the W. Did you say positive? <laughs> He got positive, positive point. Positive, positive. 0.05. He's done it. He scraped I don't through. Think, I don't think my brain can even understand positive numbers. <laughs> We've been oh. around with the negatives for too long, but Mitch has broken <laughs> out. It's all right. Congratulations, oh, no. Mitch. You, you finally won one in, this, in, in the official season. Thank you. Um, Thank you. 
do you have anything to say to our viewers about more social media and things before we keep this running? Yes. Um, social media oh, no, no, go, is an aspect go. of our world. <laughs> it is. It's it true. Is. And you know what? On that note, before we get to socials, I think we should definitely thank Caitlin for joining us for the official episode. Absolutely. Caitlin, thank you so much. Thank you. Wonderful to have you back. For snaps this. to Caitlin. Snaps, big snaps to Caitlin. Snaps! Um, I love that. <laughs> if you guys head to our YouTube channel, you'll be able to hear an extended cut of more intoxicated shenanigans we're going to get up to after uh, this part of the show is done. But, True. Mitch, socials. You've got some social media information for us. It's not yeah. hard. It's the same name everywhere. So if you've, if you've got, like, complaints or uh, complaints <laughs> or more complaints, um, you can send them... Yeah. <laughs> you can send them to uh, science under the influence at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Very cool. And we're also on other social media platforms as either science under the influence or SUI podcast. Um, so our Twitter really? handle is at SUI podcast. Oh, we're on Facebook at science under the influence. We've got a page there. Um, so please send us an email tune in we're also on YouTube yeah the science under the influence once we get our act together I think Henry's sorted this yeah no we're we're definitely on YouTube now Uh, if any of you are listening from any social if any podcast platforms whether it be Spotify or is Apple podcast still a thing at this point are we still do they exist sure sure why not (laughs) um do sorry Steve um do us a favor and he's dead <laughs> Do us a favor and give us a quick review so people can recognize that we, 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 we do the things and we're not just some random podcast that has no listens to. Yeah. Share with your friends. You know, we love you. We love every listener listening to this. That's absolutely true. We're Honestly, gonna make it, you guys. We're gonna make it to we 2021. We're going to make it. We're going to do good. Honestly, um, as the guest, if you're not liking, subscribing and hit, hitting that bell, <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Kayla's coming for your personal vendettas are out. All that's left for the official episode is for me to introduce the music guest. I hope you guys join us for the extended cut on YouTube. Uh, but otherwise, they are Canberra's best known climate change aware funk band. Their grooves are as deep as the Marianas Trench, and the energy is as high as global temperatures. You can find them on Triple J Unearthed and on all major music platforms. From their album, Algorithms, they are an inconvenient <laughs> groove. This song is titled Science. For Science on the Influence, I have been Henry, I've been joined by Mitch, and our wonderful guest, Caitlin, and yeah, we'll wow. see you guys soon. When you came to work today, after having a hearty, wheat big breakfast, some Vegemite on toast and a small but nutritious banana, you didn't realise that today was the most important day of the rest of your life, the day that you met the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. You look over during the meeting while you were actioning some research-oriented results, and you realise that this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And quickly, you get together, you get married, you have a couple of kids, you own bicycles that are of the same brand but different colours to make it individual. Until one day you realise that this love of your life denies the science of climate change. And at this point, there's only really one thing you can do to them. You have to look at them in the eyes and tell them straight. You can deny our love. But don't deny the science. Don't deny the science. 
Three slaps. <laughs> slaps and snaps for Al Gore rhythms. Let's go. 
That's the, the other name. An inconvenient group. An inconvenient group, yeah. Yeah, there we go. An inconvenient group. God. I feel like Blast. you could get like Jeez. 12 of the Earth's greatest geniuses together in a boardroom for 12 hours to come up with a name for a band that is as good as that and they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> we love you an inconvenient groove. Let's go. <laughs> so good.